0: Amateur radio newsline report number twenty four fifteen with a release date of Friday february 9, twenty twenty four, to follow in five, four, three, two, one. The following is a QST. Another radio tower is dismantled and stolen. A giant in DXing and contesting becomes a silent key and the music of valentine's day cw style all this and more as amateur radio newsline report number 2415 comes your way right now from around the world
1: this is newsline amateur radio's first independent on the air news and bulletin service now reporting from charleston west virginia here's
0: jim dameron in Our top story takes us to Alabama, where antenna and tower thieves have struck again at yet another broadcast property. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, has that story.
1: Only weeks after a radio station in Oklahoma suffered the destruction of its tower and broadcast site by vandals in search of copper, an AM radio station in Alabama discovered that its 200-foot tower had gone missing overnight. General Manager Brett Elmore of WJLX Radio posted on various social media platforms on Friday, February 2nd that a worker doing landscaping cleanup made the discovery that morning. He said the guy wires had been cut and the tower was gone. The station's transmitter was also stolen from the nearby building. Unlike in the Oklahoma case, the targeted material was not copper but stainless steel. Jasper, Alabama police were investigating. The AM station, which is licensed to operate on 1240 kHz, has an FM translator that broadcasts on 101.5 MHz from a different site. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY.
0: A top DXer and contester from Slovenia who was called a friend by many has become a silent key. Slavko, S57DX, was being remembered on Internet postings by friends everywhere and by those who logged contacts with him over the years. On DX Summit, many of those hams were spotting his call sign for the final time on 14 MHz with the message, RIP. The first such posting was made on the 4th of February, the day of his death, which was announced in a QRZ forum post by his younger brother, Janis, S51DX. It was only last July that Slavko celebrated 50 years as a radio amateur by operating a month-long special event using the call sign S573DX. On the QRZ page for that special event, he wrote that as a newly licensed 16-year-old amateur in July of 1973, quote, my heartbeat was near 200 at the time of first contact, end quote. Despite his success in worldwide events, he also had time for young radio operators. In 2022, youngsters attending Yota Camp and Voice of America in Westchester, Ohio, were thrilled to log him as their first DX contact. He was a veteran of the Slovenian military, where he was a specialist in telecommunications. He was also a proud member of a ham radio family that includes his wife, Pavla, S56DX, brother, Janice, S51DX, and youngest brother, Bojan, S53YT. Radio, he wrote on QRZ.com, was love at first sight. And even 50 years later, the excitement never died. Qualifying CubeSats from developing nations will be able to get a free ride into space soon under an agreement signed last month between the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs and ExoLaunch GmbH. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, has those details. UN member countries involved in space exploration are gaining a boost from a pact the UN's Office for Outer Space Affairs has signed with the Berlin-based company known as ExoLaunch. The agreement is part of the Access to Space for All program that opens the doors to experience in space exploration for countries that might not otherwise have such access. The program also presents opportunities for the next generation in developing countries to put their STEM education to work with an eye towards pursuing a space-related career. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Satellite enthusiasts said a final goodbye to the popular AMSAT CubeSat known as AO92, which re-entered the Earth's atmosphere on the 3rd of February after six years of service. Before its weakening batteries made the satellite unreliable, its FM transponder was well used and allowed many hams to set distance records for contacts. The satellite's payloads also included an L-band converter, an experimental camera, and a MEMS gyro experiment. Meanwhile, despite the announcement that Sapienza Space Systems and Space Surveillance Laboratory would decommission the ham digipeter on satellite io 117 known as GreenCube, the satellite remained in operation after the 5th of February. Petition drives and a letter from AMSAT's president, Robert Bankston, KE4AL, made last-minute appeals to keep the satellite and its well-used digipeter in action. As Newsline went to production, AMSAT's Paul Stetzer, N8HM, told Newsline that the amateur community was still awaiting a response from the Italian Space Agency, which owns the satellite and is leaving it in operation pending a decision. The earliest of the sweeping changes to UK ham licenses are to begin this month. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about some of them.
2: The first of the changes to be made to ham licences in the UK are to be implemented by the end of this month. Amateurs have already begun receiving information from Ofcom newsletters or to read about the changes in the latest issue of Radcom published by the Radio Society of Great Britain. Some of these first changes include permission for foundation licensees to build their own equipment and to operate on the 2.4 gigs and 5 gigs band. The new rules also permit third-party operation under supervision. Regional secondary locators are to become optional. Foundation and full licensees in England may optionally use E as an identifier, changes to power levels include the ability to transmit while airborne on primary ham bands but with power limited to 500 milliwatts EIRP. The main documents containing these and other changes to the licensing framework can be found on the Ofcom website. Follow the link that is in this week's text version of Newsline at arnewsline.org. Additional changes are expected to be phased in later this year. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH.
0: If you look at a map of the United States, you'd never guess for one minute that the highway known as Route 66, the Mother Road, doesn't just travel between east and west, but it actually leads to Pluto. Randy Sly, W4XJ, explains. How did radio amateurs start a special event
1: marking the discovery of Pluto in 1930? By getting on Route 66. We're talking about the annual Pluto Anniversary Countdown a 10-year-long activity counting down to the discovery centennial year 2030. The event, however, has an interesting beginning. Doug Tombaugh, N3PDT, nephew of Clyde Tombaugh, the astronomer who made the Discovery, told Newsline that it began when he contacted Bob Wirtz, NF7E, during the Route 66 special event, which Bob helps organize with the Northern Arizona DX Association.
0: Bob was running the, uh, the Route 66 station out of Flagstaff, and I called him, and I got in, and I said, yeah, that's great. And uh, and I said, by the way, uh, my last name's kind of famous in Flagstaff, and he asked who I was, and then, and then, and then we had a nice little chat, uh, uh, about that, and he contacted me via email later just to say hi, and then uh, just we've kind of kept kind of kept in contact. They saw they were going to have a countdown to the hundredth anniversary, Northern Arizona DX Association. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do events. Yeah, <laughs> so they, they did do. this Pluto event up well. <laughs> yeah, really, really a great bunch of guys and gals, and uh, yeah, really uh, nice to be associated with them and be included in this it's a lot of fun.
1: This year, Whiskey 7 Papa at the Lowell Observatory and Whiskey 7 Papa Stroke Zero, led by Doug, will be active for the fourth year of the countdown from February 11th through the 19th. For more information, visit the Northern Arizona DX Association website at nadxa.com. This is
0: Randy Sly, W4XJ. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Cookville Repeater Association's W4HPL Repeater in Cookville, Tennessee, on Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. local time. August may seem like a long way off, but for one international group of YLs, the days between the 4th and 10th of that month can't come soon enough. Cell MB, KB3TZD, tells us why. Imagine
3: having access to a first-class contest station in Europe for a whole week. In between getting on the air, imagine attending workshops on how to solder more efficiently, how to set up a station for the digital modes, And how to build a 20 meter dipole that can be carried back to the home QTH after the week is over. The Oscar Kilo 5Z contest station in the Czech Republic will be the centerpiece of a full week of YL radio adventures. The hosts will also share their accounts of soda activations, de expeditions to Africa, and various flora and fauna activations in the OKFF program. For information about hotel accommodations or activities during the week, or to reserve a place, contact Eva. HB9FPM slant OK3QI at the email address shown in the text version of this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. This is Selenby, KB3, TZD.
0: A radio command center staffed by hams played an important role for the first time this year at a major festival in India. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, tells us how they did it.
3: For the first time in its 18 years, a major festival in West Bengal, India, known as the Doers Utsav, invited amateur radio operators to provide critical support. The festival took place on the central parade grounds in Oliputwa in late December, concluding at the end of January, drawing three-quarters of a million attendees. Anorik VU3IYJ told Newsline in an email that this was the first time licensed TAMs were present to set up a command centre to assist with the crowds. Priam VU3IYI donated the VHF and HF base stations for field support. The North Bengal Amateur Radio Society led by Swarup VU3 KOX, was assisted by volunteers from the Oscar India Training Program, including Jeet VU2 OIJ and Niladri VU3 FOY. The hams also activated Special Event Station AT28 BDU. Anorik told Newsline that the hams were able to conduct some public education as well on behalf of amateur radio, leading an awareness program and having posters on display to explain the contributions that hams make to the community. This is Jim Meachin, SEDL 2BHF.
0: The innovative spirit of California's Silicon Valley has its roots in the innovative spirit of amateur radio, according to one expert who has spent his life in both worlds. On the 23rd of February, he will share his observations in a presentation that anyone can attend from anywhere. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, tells us about him and his unique history lesson.
4: California's Santa Clara Valley literally blooms with innovation. Its technology-rich landscape is populated by big data, blockchain, mobile communications, biotech, AI and other creations that were once only blueprints and dreams. Add to that list amateur radio, which Paul Wessling, KM6LH, believes contributed heavily to the start of it all. He will share a presentation on the Valley's evolution into an innovation center when he visits the California Historical Radio Society, where he can be seen and heard in person as well as via Zoom. Registration is required for both means of attendance. This has been a popular talk wherever it has been presented by Paul, who is an engineer and lecturer. He traces the influence of ingenuity and inventiveness during and after the Second World War from Palo Alto, California, into the Santa Clara Valley, starting with the names of now-famous tinkerers throughout history. Lee DeForest, Bill Eitel, W6UF, David Packard, 9DRV, and Bill Hewlett. He takes the history lesson right up to Apple Computer's Steve Wozniak, WA6BND, and Atari's Nolan Bushnell, W7DUK. For registration details and additional information, see the Historical Radio Society's website by following the link in the text version of this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. This is Ralph Squilacci, KK6ITB.
0: In the world of DX, BJWA7WJR will be on the air holiday style from Vietnam as XV9WJR from the 12th through the 22nd of February. He'll be operating CW, SSB, and digital modes on 20, 17, 15, 12, and 10 meters. QSL direct to his home call. Listen for Chuck KG9N, operating as V26CV from Antigua, Iota number NA100 until the 20th of February. He's using mainly CW and SSB. CQRZ.com for details. Listen throughout February for the special call sign SC50AG, marking the Scandinavian CW Activities Group's 50th anniversary. All QSOs will be confirmed automatically via the Bureau and LOTW. A month-long celebration of World Radio Day, 13 February, and the 100th anniversary of the start of regular radio broadcasting in Spain is happening on the air with the special call sign AO100RADIO until the 29th of February. See qrz.com for details. We dedicate our final story to the holiday known as Valentine's Day, an occasion for many in some countries to celebrate the people and even the things of which they are fondest. For many of us, that includes ham radio. But what else? Ah, that's a musical question. And in this case, Paul Brown, WD9GCO, has the answer.
5: You're about to hear a love story. It's about Junie, N1DUC, who loves amateur radio. It's about Don Smith, a Mississippi songwriter who loves music. Last year, when the two met at a local coffee shop where Don was practicing some of his songs, Junie asked him if he could help create a song for her YouTube channel. Don said yes, and then asked, Is there a way to send an affectionate message using Morse code? Junie replied, well, of course. You send the number 88. Da-da-da did it. Well, that's all the rhythm and inspiration that Don needed. With a little bit of research and a little bit of songwriting, he was back a week or so later serenading Junie while they were seated outside the bright-eyed brewing coffee shop. He also recorded the moment on his own YouTube channel. Love and Kisses is a love song to a form of communication that may not be quite as old as music itself, but just as effective as sending the message. So, here's a message from Newsline to Don and Junie, with apologies to William Shakespeare, who predates Samuel Morse by more than just a few years. Quote, if Morse code be the food of love, play on. End quote.
0: (laughs) This is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. You can find links to Don's song in both a guitar and piano version in the text version of this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. Don't be so busy chasing DX or activating those parks that you forget to write a haiku about your experience by sending an original haiku to us here at Newsline. Use the entry form on our website, arnewsline.org, and please follow the rules for writing your three-line haiku. We can't accept any entries that aren't written in traditional haiku form. Newsline would also like to take this moment to congratulate our friends at the Ham Radio Workbench podcast on producing their 200th episode. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, Anurag, VU3IYJ, ARRL, California Historical Radio Society, CQ Magazine, David R db Don Smith DX World Eva HB9FPM ExoLaunch FCC 425 DX News Junie N1DUC qrz.com Radio World RSGBs radcom Risa R1BIG Satnog shortwaveradio.de Soda Reflector into Space Systems UN Office for Outer Space Wireless Institute of Australia Worldwide DX YouTube and you are listeners that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline We remind listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you'd like to support us, visit our website, arnewsline.org, and know we appreciate you all. We also remind you that if you like our newscast, leave a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron in a TMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline, copyright
3: 2024, all rights reserved.